Welcome to the Gentle Counselor Podcast, episode number 23. My name is Crystal and I'm the creator of The Gentle Counselor, where I provide online resources to support the mental health and well-being of parents and children. Today on the podcast, we have a special guest, Diana Lund, and she's going to be talking to us about planning and goal setting. Diana is a goal setting mentor and helps people plan and start their business. But even more importantly, in this context, she has used the power of planning to write a book, which at the moment is available in Danish, on how to take care of oneself when being a relative to long-term illness. Diana's husband has multiple sclerosis and she lost her dad to cancer. So thank you for coming and being a guest on the Gentle Counselor podcast, Diana. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So let's start off by talking about what does mental health and well-being mean to you? That's a really good question, actually, because that has definitely changed within the past couple of years. Um, to give you a bit of a background for this is that I lost my dad two years ago. And um, it kind of made me realize that I was not the primary focus of my own life, which everyone should be, <laughs> um, in my opinion, at least. And and that's kind of how this fits together for me, that, that the well-being for me is taking care of me so that I can take care of other people. I hope this makes sense. <laughs> It does. I talk about that a lot as well with mothers that I work with that you cannot take care of anyone else unless you're taking care of yourself first. It's sort of like that analogy of, you know, how you have to put the mask on yourself first. If you were in a plane crash, for example, it's like that. Exactly. And that's exactly the example I use because when, when I lost my dad, I went to um, a shrink, I guess it's called. <laughs> um, and and she was like having me prioritize say okay so this is your husband this is your new home this is uh, your family this is you kind of saying okay so how do you prioritize and i was down on a fifth place and she was like that's no good you need to be if not just number one you need to at least be at the same level as your then boyfriend um so so you can take care of yourself to be able to also take care of him in the long run because i don't know if everyone knows but multiple sclerosis is an illness that's kind of downward spiraling so it's if it's in a progressive mode it just keeps getting worse and worse <laughs> um so so i need to take care of myself and that's really really important um so i got uh i don't know i got i kind of got well pushed is the wrong word for it but i'm gonna use that anyway <laughs> but i kind of got pushed into writing this book about taking care of myself because i needed it to learn that and i was asking my mother like so in whole look this whole process of my dad being ill it did anyone ever ask you how you were feeling and she was like no not really you did maybe once or twice but everyone was always asking about your dad and one major guilt trip 
<laughs> and then kind of being like, okay, so if no one is asking us as the relatives, as, as the person being close to the person who's ill, then we need to do it ourselves. So I went on this journey of finding other people who were living with someone who was long-term ill and interviewed them about this and trying to figure out, okay, do you guys take care of yourself? And the answer is mostly no. <laughs> um, and then figuring out, okay, so how do we do this? So I, I talked to therapists and I talked to, like, I roamed the internet for good ideas and good advice and, and then backed everything up by talking to the therapists from the different um, foundations, like the Cancer Foundation and the Multiple Sclerosis Foundation and stuff like that. Um, so, so that I could give people this... Um, this tool to be able to figure out how do I take care of myself? Um, and what I ended up with was a really good idea of how to take care of me, which is, is a good thing, right? Because that was kind of what I set out to do. So I've become a lot more aware of taking time for me and just breathing and that the exercise is important and like it it dawned on me that actually at the time I had a, a corporate job and and going there was kind of a free space for me because I didn't have to talk about losing my dad. I didn't have to be thinking about my my husband who was ill and or is ill. Um so so there was this space for me where I could just be me and not be next of kin to someone or like a relative to someone who's ill so i could be me which is is the important part right so finding all of these small places and even if it's just like two minutes going outside taking a deep breath or just standing in place taking a deep breath and just focusing on me and my body that is so helpful and it's it's worth all the <laughs> the the planning and all the um hours that went into this book and also because of course it's then helped a lot of people <laughs> to be able to have all these tools afterwards um because that was also the point with the book giving um as many ideas and as many tools as possible because things that work for me might not work for someone else so mm -hmm. the idea was to kind of give uh, just a wide selection of ideas on how do you do this and then people can figure out what is working for them and going back to what I, it is that I'm actually doing the goal setting and planning that's one of the things that's actually working really well for me to take care of me because that's also me accomplishing something mm. for me can you share with us a bit more about how you find the goal setting and time planning to be really effective in helping you through this? Yeah, for sure. Um, the thing is, when I do, when I set a goal, it's, I, I set, I set a main goal and then I do kind of, um, sub goals. 
on this, I break it up into smaller parts and smaller goals. And what it does for me is that it gives me, I, it gives me a time frame. So say that um, what I did with the book is that I, I had this date. I was saying, this is the date I want to release the book. And then I worked backwards from there and it kind of gave me this overview of, okay, so how much time do I need to spend on this? And of course, this is not what I thought when I started, but, <laughs> but even with the smaller projects, what it does is it gives you this idea of how much time do I need to invest in what it is that I'm doing? So let's say that just you have a goal of having um, more time to yourself to be able to, to connect and, and connect more with yourself and, and be more mentally healthy in that aspect. So you set this, this goal of saying, well, I want to have one hour of alone time a week. And then you figure out, okay, should that be at once or should it be um, like six minutes a day? You can't, that doesn't end up being an hour. Never mind. You get the point, right? <laughs> if, it's, um, if it's divided up, then you kind of make this overview of figuring out, okay, what is it that I need to do to take care of me? What is it, the small, and, and make it into the teeniest, tiniest steps that makes it not overwhelming because any large goal seems overwhelming. So like I got from getting the idea to publishing the book for me was a year next to full-time work and a husband that's not, well, he's living fine, everything is fine, but but still he there is some mental um, pressure in living with someone where you can, you never know what's happening next because the illness can just say, okay, so now he can't see anything anymore or now he can't walk or now he, that's kind of a mental pressure all, all the time if you let it be. Um, so setting these goals helps me um, focus in on on my thing this is I, I'm not quite sure if I'm making sense here <laughs> no you are definitely this is really good information that you're sharing okay great <laughs> because the thing is that I, I when you set a I would oh, of course you could set a goal with someone else but in the beginning and you can like for example if you have kids you could set a goal of doing something with your kids because I know that I don't have any kids, but I also know that when you have kids, they are first priority and, and that's good. But just remember, like we said in the beginning, the whole oxygen masks, get that on first, because if you can't do that, you can't help your children achieve their goals. Mm, You're so right. And this is something that comes up a lot for mothers and there are so many things we can do. And I like before what you were saying about, for example, if you want to have an hour of time for yourself, can you also um, chop that up into smaller amounts? And it could be five minutes sitting down with your coffee. It could be a 20 minute walk around the block or whatever it could be. And like you're saying, getting your children involved with some of those. So put them in the pram and go for a walk or, you know, setting tasks where you don't have more than three things to focus on because the three might seem achievable or if it's one big task, you know, chop it up into three baby steps. So 
this is very relevant information that suits pretty much everyone and especially more so to the listeners who most likely are parents and feeling overwhelmed in everyday life. And like you're saying, you've got your own challenges going on as well with your husband and these things happen in life. And it's important that we figure out ways that work for us to manage, you know, the everyday tasks that we have to be done, that have to get done, but also remembering that if we are pouring from an empty cup, that's not going to work either. Exactly. And, and that's actually like for some people, let's go with the one hour that that might seem like a lot. And, and that's why we do like set a goal. That's okay. So in, in two months or a month, let's go with a month. I want to be able to have an hour for myself, then start off slowly start off with the two minute breathing thing. You should be able to find two minutes to just stand close out and if you have to go into the bathroom and lock the door something like that just find the like small because often it's also about overcoming your own limiting beliefs mm-hmm. about there not being enough time so if you start off with two minutes then the next day you could say three minutes and so that you'll see that okay so the world does not crumble by you taking a little bit of time to take care of yourself and you might even get even better at the things that you didn't do around your family and around your in your life that that was getting neglected a little bit or that was just being done because it was something you were doing in the rush of everyday life but if you then go back and focus a little bit on yourself, get some energy in, like you said, then, then you also get more focused on the other things. You get more energy to notice when, notice when your kid is doing something amazing or something that might have annoyed you, but actually was just not on purpose or whatever it is that you get, you get more energy by doing this. So You're right. It's so important. Yeah. It's like all the practice of being mindful and you're going to see that in all areas of your life, the more that you practice it and the more you're aware of doing simple things like breathing, because not only are you breathing to calm your body down, you're also breathing to be mindful and do a quick body check-in, but then it's able to help you become more present in the moment. For sure. And to try, just try this. If you're, if you're really frustrated or mad or whatever, then try to take like three deep breaths, just really deep breaths because your mind cannot be all wind up when you have a calm body. It, it, it's linked. So if you have a, if you're calm feeling in your body, your mind will come as well. And you know, this. The other way around as well if you're all hyped up from a run or exercise or something you would also be winded up in your head but mm-hmm. if you use if, if you're at a place where where exercise calms you because it does that for, for some people i know that can be weird to to understand if you're not there but for some people really hard exercise calms them down so the mind is also calm Mm. And 
that's the link that's important to understand. And for some people, it's sitting down, being creative. For some people, it's going for a walk. But to start, just taking these breaths and sitting down, because also sitting down and planning a big goal or even a smaller goal is also something that you need to take time out to do. So if you can't find two minutes to do a breathing exercise, you for sure won't be able to find just 15 minutes to make a plan. <laughs> so, so start small. And then maybe your first goal would be just in your head, trying to, I always, I actually always recommend writing your goals down, being very specific in your goals, because that's the best way to actually achieve them. But if that is too much right now, then start even smaller. There's always a smaller step. As long as you're moving forward, then let's go on you. So just keep tiny, tiny steps. And if, of course, you shouldn't do tiny steps if you're all for, let's go plan for a marathon, then do that <laughs> by all means. But, but if you need to, to take it down to those tiny, tiny steps, do that as long as you do something. Mm, that's very good and practical advice. And I really appreciate you sharing that because often we talk about, you know, it's important to take care of ourselves and it's important to set goals and it's important to breathe, but it's good when we have people like you on the podcast who are actually giving us, okay, this is how you do it. This is how you can achieve your goals, break it up. This is how you can calm down, do some breathing one minute, two minutes, three minutes. So I, I'm sure not only myself, but anyone listening is appreciating this wonderful advice that you're sharing. Now, I know that you've had these huge life challenges happen. So reflecting back on that, what is something that you wish you could have told yourself during your dark moments through that? Oh, that's a really good question. I, I, I actually live on a belief that um, how do you say this in English? Um, not that everything happens for a reason, that's not it, but that when something bad happens, there, there's always something good coming from it. It's like, I would, of course, rather have my dad with me. Of course I would, but also he is a huge, him dying is a huge part of me being where I am today if he he's the the reason i wrote the book so something good came of that even though it was not a good thing i always tried to find okay so what's the silver lining what's the what's the positive thing that i can get from this um so what i would say to myself i think that's maybe it that that look for the silver lining in this look at what is it or maybe just at least say to myself that I know this is really hard right now, but there's going to be some positive coming from this at some point. Mm. Um, and I think that's really important because it's, it's also, I'm a really kind of taking action kind of person. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like, I get an idea and then I go for it. And I know all people are not like that but but having this kind of idea that okay so let me just try 
let me just figure out what happens if I do this. And if you don't, um, if you don't feel like you can manage it yourself, then ask for help. Then ask someone to help you see the positive or help you make that plan just to come back to the, <laughs> to the plan. Like, like, one of the advices I have in the book is actually, okay, so if everything is too overwhelming, then ask a friend to help you make a plan and, and make that person, or not make, but ask them if they want to be your accountability partner on this. Mm, that's really so that, good advice. Often we feel like we're all alone, but there are yeah. people around us that want to help us, that want to support us, that want to see us thriving. And they're not going to know unless we, actually say out loud to them that we need help because they can't read our minds. And when we are having these hard moments, sometimes it can be really easy to get stuck and think that that's how it's going to be forever. But as you're saying, it's sort of like there's a light at the end of the tunnel and you just need to keep taking a step forward to get through it. Yeah, exactly. And I'm also thinking that if you're looking at an getting and getting and but finding someone to help you be accountable then also think about okay say if you're in a really hard space at the moment it might be a good idea to have someone who is not in a similar space someone who does not expect to get anything in return at this moment but on the other hand if you're in a space where it's a more i don't know where it's not as, as bad what you're dealing with, uh, it might be a good idea to get someone who's in the same kind of uh, area of life as you are, because then you can relate and then you can help each other out. So depending on where you are, what your uh, struggles are, then figuring out if you need someone who is just there for you, where you don't need to give anything back because you don't have any energy, or if you need someone where you can also give back. I'm the kind of person I gain energy for helping people. So that's something I know about myself. So that's a good idea to get someone where I can help them as well. Or maybe even that I just help them because that gives me energy to do my thing. Um, so, so figuring out how do you get help in Denmark, we have uh, this thing called um, mother's groups. That's a direct translation and it's probably not very good. But when when people, or well, when women give birth, they, they're put in a group of, I think, four or five people who gave birth at the same time as they did. Oh, that's amazing. No, we, we don't have anything like that. Our mother's group is like play groups where you can sign up to go do various activities. Yeah, maybe you could start these things because the thing is, this is something that's done from on a state level. So they they kind of, you just get put in a random group. But the good thing about this is that you're in the same uh, area. So you meet up and I'm guessing you're, I again, I don't have kids, so I haven't tried it, but I don't know how often they meet. But the thing is that they kind of follow each other and they, they have, then they meet up, let's say once a month, maybe. So they meet up just the women and their kids and they can, they can talk about all of these different issues that they're having. And so, okay, I had this issue. What did, did any of you experience this? What did you do? And they can use each other as kind of, a, I guess, a, a mastermind group for new mothers. Mm, yeah. Um, and, and I think that's really interesting. And, and you could, 
it, it doesn't need to be just newborns. It could be something that you do for all areas or all ages of kids, right? Trying to find these, then it gets to be probably play dates when they're a bit older, but find something, someone where you as the parent also get something from the relationship where it's not all about the kids playing. It's also about figuring out, okay, so could we get together three or four moms or parents um, and, and while the kids play, could we do something that's giving us energy and giving us something? Or maybe it could be uh, entrepreneurs with kids so that they could, they could work on their businesses while the kids play. So just figuring out something that's productive for you or something that's helping you. Diana, you've shared so much wonderful advice already. And I know that I'm getting a lot out of this conversation. And so I'm looking forward to hearing the feedback from those that are listening right now. So before we end this podcast, is there anything else that you feel the need to share with us? I actually would love to just, we talked about the breathing before, just give you a quick exercise to do that. So just like breathe in through your nose for six seconds. And then breathe breathe out through your nose for six seconds. And do this for a minute so that you breathe in, breathe out. And I'm not going to do it now because in podcasting, that's... (laughs) that's There's going to be a lot of breathing noises. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. But but use this to... And and I'm sure you can go on YouTube or you can go on wherever and making this an exercise, have it on your phone so that you need, you know, when you kind of feel the need, just breathe and just six seconds in six seconds out because it's a longer breath and it calms you thank you so much for being a guest on the gentle counselor podcast today diana and if anyone would like to find you they can do that on your website smartbusinessplanning.com yes and thank you very much for having me it's been amazing